Welcome to the Life of Faith North podcast, where you can access the latest Sermon of the Week and explore our archive of past messages. To access other resources or view live content, please visit us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Life of Faith North. We hope you will find this message encouraging and uplifting as you listen. Saturday and being a part of what we're doing. Uh, so, so, so grateful. Um, just on the housekeeping side, uh, you are welcome to bring food and drink in here at any time. Uh, as you know, uh, we this is, um, this is our home, so this is our living room. So just treat it like your living room, right? So feel free to bring in food, drink. Uh, our only ask is, is if a mess happens, which is likely, just clean it up. Right, amen. The anointing is not lost because the drink is spilled. Right? Does that make sense? Crumb, crumbs happen. Right? <laughs> all those fun things. So please know, all throughout the morning, you're welcome uh, to do that. Kind of how we'll work it out is I'm going to uh, have the privilege of doing our first session. Uh, we'll go for about 45 minutes or so, then we'll stop and take another break. Uh, then Dr. Nick is going to get up uh, and share what's on his heart. Uh, then we'll take another break after that, and then we'll have a time for question and answers. Right, so for today, if we'll do this, if there is a burning question about what we're talking about in the moment, please feel free to ask it, right? But if it can hold till question and answers, because we are going to have that time period, let's hold it till there. Uh, th- does that make sense? Can we do that? Not that, and please hear me, not that I, we never mind the interruptions. So again, if there's something going on and it's about what we're talking about here in this moment, feel free to ask it. Uh, we'll hit it and we'll move on but we'll go into more depth during the question and answer time. And during the Q&A time, it'll be uh, both uh, Dr. Nick and I uh, just having fun. So have some questions, right? Don't ask all your questions in the moment, I guess is also what I'm trying to say. Make sure there's some, some content for that third session. Uh, but how many of you, you enjoyed last night? Oh, yeah. Amen. How many of you, you're like me, you felt like you took a drink of water from a fire hose? Who is uh, like that? Um, very good. Um, man, I'm just excited. Uh, not just about the weekend, but more than anything about uh, when we commit um, to the journey and the process of aligning our soul with our spirit, we actually see transformation, right? And the reason, and, and, and I, let me just do it like this. We rolling, Josh, so let's just start. We're good to go. Lord, we love you so much. So grateful for today. Can we just rest our hands and just thank God for all that he's doing in your life? Amen. All that he's doing as we talk about this in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions. Amen. Just say, Lord, thank you so very much. So very grateful. And now let's have a bold prayer. Can we do a bold prayer today? Amen. Can we say this all together? Say, Father, go further with me. Take me more. Take me deeper. Stretch me farther. Give me more of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Does that make sense? So I say that because, again, so as we were saying, the, the willingness to be on the process of aligning your soul to your spirit, and I want to make sure we say it that way, your spirit is complete in God. Your spirit is perfect. 
Amen. When you were born again in Christ, truly what God said through Paul in Romans, behold, everything that was old has passed away and everything new has come. And what that newness is, is a new life of you being united to God. And again, just I know we have a, a few people here who haven't been. Remember, the, the goal of salvation was not to get you to heaven. I know that might be a shocker because of what we've been told. But the goal of Jesus coming to save us was not to get us to heaven. Jesus just made an obvious statement. He said, hey, because you're united with me, wherever I am, there you're going to be also. So if he is in heaven, I'm going to be in heaven. But if things change as they will, because you understand that what we know now is heaven. If I was to drop dead right now here in this moment, I would go to the presence of God in a place called heaven. But where I would go today is not going to be what's going to be for forever. Because the Bible teaches us that there's coming a time he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. Right, The old heaven and the old earth will be passed away and something new. And I don't have to worry about that because I'm with him. So remember the goal of your salvation was to unite you to God. And that's what happened to your spirit. So your spirit is directly united to the source of life itself. To the source of power itself. To the source of salvation itself. That is who you are. But our soul is to be aligned to that. Right? Our soul is what seems to make us disconnected. It's not that you're disconnected from God because you are not. I want to make sure that's right. But it's the soul. It's something in my mind, my will, my emotions, as we said. It's something in my habits or my past memories. It's something in the meanings that I give those memories. Something in my belief system, something in my personality is not in alignment with who I actually am. Right? And that is why this is so important. So I, I just want to say all that to say I'm so excited not just for this weekend, but because you're willing to go on that journey. Because you're willing to say, Father, help me align my soul to who I actually am in you. Help me align my soul to who you actually are. Does that make sense? So with that, and we're doing this, and this is kind of like we said, this is toolbox day. It's Dr. Gay. Going to get some tools as we've talked about this. Uh, again, just uh, some plugs. Uh, Dr. Nick is going to share some stuff with us, but he has a YouTube channel as well that's called, what's your YouTube channel? Oh, just nickcastellano.com. Nick, Nickcastellano.com. You can find him there. He has some YouTube stuff out there. Uh, there's a lot that he shares. Please go find it. A lot on Vita Church. Uh, our good friends, Ben and Kara uh, Diaz, have Vita Church out in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, and you can find Vita Church on YouTube. It's, it's Vita Church Mesa uh, that's there. You can find them. And I really encourage you to listen to more and more of this. It is a journey, right? Right. It's a, it's a journey. Keep, keep doing that. Remember, uh, soul transformation happens from immersion and repetition. 
being willing to immerse yourself into truth, right, and stay there, and then allow that immersion to fuel repeated action. And that's what we're going to talk about to a degree here this morning with mine. So um, I want to talk about the pathway to creativity, right? I was talking to Kevin a little earlier, and, uh, you know, in the church world, I think what we've done is we've so encouraged people to focus on the external 20% of the do's, right? Let's do these external things. And we don't know that it starts by the 80% of the internal, right? So when we talk about what do I need to do now, right, it's mostly soul work. It's internal, right? The, the external do's are going to be the smaller piece of the pie. And as you align the internal do's with who God is and who you are, the external do's will be obvious, right? And they'll be easy. Everybody doing all right? Right? So, so remember that when we align and we focus on the internal work, right, the external work is obvious and easy. Everybody say that. Say it's obvious and it's easy. Right? Remember the Apostle John, so lovingly I called it, he, he focused us on the doctrine of the obvious. Right? He said things like this. Hey, look, if you see somebody in need and you have the wherewithal, to meet the need, uh, go do it. I call that the ministry of the obvious. Many times in the church world, we're, we're trapped in the mystic land of the obscure. What's the mystery piece I'm missing? <laughs> What's the, calm, some of it's calm, but listen to me, the things that you'll need to do, they're going to be obvious. They're going to just do the obvious. And then recently I've been studying on this, and it's the understanding that in creation there are opposites, right? We understand for every positive there's a what? There's a negative, right? There's an opposite, right? For every positive charge there's a negative charge, right? So when we say things like this, man, life is hard. What's obvious? Well, if life is hard, then it also must be easy. The other side of the coin. Are you with me? Yes. Right? We sit there and say, man, it's hard to make money. Okay, well, if that's true, then the opposite is also equally as true. It's easy. It, it's easy to make money. It's easy to do stuff. Do you, do you see that? Yes. Right? Remember, and we praise God because of Jesus we get the privilege to live on the easier side of the coin. Because that's what he said, right? Come, learn of me, know me, walk with me, and what? My yoke will be easy and my burden will be light. Right. So I just want to encourage you as we talk about this, remember that what we're talking about is obvious and easy. The challenge that we're going to talk about, when, we, when you enter into the process continually of aligning your soul, and you find yourself going, this is hard. 
Come on now. All my church people that are here, we've been talking about this for weeks. And you've talked about it in your head. How many of you, just be honest, you go, this is hard. <laughs> Brad's been saying stuff, and this is, this is uncomfortable. Come on, be honest now. This is, I don't know. I mean, I, I know. I, I, a couple of Sundays ago, I, looked across, I rubbed everybody's cat backwards all at one time. I knew I did. A <laughs> big reset. But listen to me. Hey, listen. It's easy. I promise. It has to be. Because I was made for it. I was created to live this way. I was literally, you were literally designed by God to live in relational union with him. To hear his voice, to know his will, to think his thoughts, and to do his work. That's what you were made for. How hard is it for your dog to bark? Not very hard. You got a little yappy dog. It's easy. Hello? Are you with me? How hard is it for your cat to meow? I mean, we all got here. Chris gave a bunch of roosters away. How hard is it for that rooster to crow? It's easy. Because <laughs> Steve got him, right? This has been easy, Steve. Right. It's It's easy. To be, I want us to make sure we're beginning from that point. Wherever God is leading you in this journey, as you are making the commitment to align your soul to him, then because he's leading you there, his burden is easy and light. So this that we're about to talk about, this is easy. It may be new to you, Right? It may be new thought. You may be, and I promise you, he is leading you into new places. He's leading you into new ways of thinking. But new doesn't have to equate to hard. I tell my kids all the time, right? What do I say, kids, about school? It's not hard. It's just new. Dad, this math is so hard. No, it's not. It's just new. You've not done that kind of math before. We, we have... We haven't asked you to add letters yet. <laughs> right? So I know it's new, but it's not hard. It's just new. So don't confuse new things with hard things. New ways with hard ways. Understand they're just new. Whatever he is beginning to lead you with, and I love what Dr. Nick said last night when he said, and it it's probably uncomfortable it's just uncomfortable because it's new does that make sense but it's easy and light anyway is everybody doing all right y'all look at me like a cow to new gate everybody okay everybody take a deep breath as we do deep breath in and say brad's my friend (laughs) brad's my friend so we're going to talk about so what does this look like proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 Solomon says, guard your heart with all diligence because from your heart flow the boundaries, the issues, the territory of your life. So your heart generates your sphere of influence. So your heart generates the area 
of your life that you will rule and reign in. So, but the next question is, is so how do we keep our heart? Now, the obvious question to me, okay, great. If, if from my heart comes these issues, how, how do I get? I looked it up just again this morning just to make sure. I love one of the words that define that word guard or keep your heart. It means set a blockade up. You know, we all have heard about that in military terms when they put up a blockade and they, and they limit the flow of something in or out of an area or a city. That's what that word means. Put up a blockade around your heart. So we have to guard what stimulates us. We talked a little bit about this the last time I preached on a Sunday, so for some of you this may be review. But we got to start here for those that are new before we can get to where we're headed. Does that make sense? So, everybody, buckle up. Here we go. <clears throat> so we, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you. I did what I told y'all not to do last time. I drank too much coffee this morning. Oh, confession time. Amen. But you have to guard what stimulates you. I'm just gonna. Cite references, and we'll quote them in the, in the Brad version of the Bible, and y'all can look them up in detail at home. Does that help us for time's sake? So in 1 Timothy chapter 4, around verse 13, the Apostle Paul writing to his son in the faith, he says this, he says, Till I return to you, guard, keep, give attention to reading, exhortation, doctrine and the words that were spoken over you by the spirit of God what Paul is saying here is he says son and I and I would Jesus says till I return so if we take Paul's words and think Jesus hey listen Jesus says I'm coming back until I return guard what stimulates your thinking how do I do that? Give attention to what you're reading. Right? I would add what you're listening to. What you're watching. What you're seeing. Guard what's coming in. Why? Because it, it stimulates you. He says this. He uses the word exhortation. He says guard the people that you serve and that you allow to serve you because the word exhortation there is unique because exhortation isn't just hey good job brother nick great job way to go that's a piece of exhortation but when you look at what the greek word for exhortation it means it's the verb form of the word paraclete which is the noun used to describe the holy spirit so the word paraclete the noun means somebody who comes alongside to help me. So that word exhortation there means guard the action, who you come alongside to help and who you let come help you. So guard your circle of influence, the people you allow into your life. Now please hear me, we're not talking about clicks. We're not talking about being unloving. We're not talking about we don't run around town and we see somebody and go unclean. Right? You know, <laughs> I can't hang out with you. No. Everybody, we love all people. 
But it is also interesting that Jesus guarded the people in his life. It, 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 he ministered, and again, for sake of time, again, a real quick teaching, Jesus had circles of influence, right? Jesus had circles of people in his life. Now, did he love everybody? Yeah. Everybody shake their head, yes. Yeah. But outside, Jesus had what we call the multitude, yeah. right? Yeah. Next in line, it's an interesting thing, that was thousands of people. So his next ring in was the 120 that showed up on the day of Pentecost. So Jesus' circle of influence went from thousands to 120. Now it's interesting because psychologically speaking, now they know we as people in our soul, we have about 150, maybe 200 ports that we can connect people into. That you can actually psychologically have deep or relatively deep connection with. You only got about 150 ports. And when you fill up all your ports with people, if you want to connect somebody new, you literally got to unplug somebody old and plug somebody new in. And I'm just going to say this by the Spirit of the Lord. Some of y'all got some folk you need to unplug. Some of them have your last name. <laughs> now, you're still going to have to figure out a way to hang out with them at Christmas and Easter and other times, but they need to be unplugged from a realm of influence. You no longer need to draw influence from them. That's just, that's free. I won't even charge extra for that piece. Right? But it's interesting. So from the 120, we see that Jesus had 70. I'm going to need more stuff. <laughs> Amen. Jesus had 70 that were like the 12, it says, I believe in Luke, that he sent out by twos. Then famously, and they'll do from there, so we had the 70, then famously we had the 12. Those that were even closer to him, that he literally lived with on a daily basis. But then from there, Jesus had the three. Now, that was three of the 12. Now, uh, here's what I'm going to Do you understand? Apparently, Jesus was okay with having 12, really. I mean, number one, I love hearing somebody say this. Realize that Jesus had one of the greatest miracles that never gets talked about. Is that he was 30 years old and he made 12 really good friends. <laughs> right? That's a great miracle right there in our day and time. Especially in the, in the, ep, the really, they call it a pandemic, an epidemic of loneliness in our world right so but anyway but apparently jesus had no problems with having his 12 besties around and consistently going peter james john you're with me the rest of you get to stay outside and we all chuckle because listen if i did that there'd be people be mad at me well bran you're playing favorites and i am listen and we'll talk about more of this. Then later, ultimately from there, there was the one. There was John. The only one that didn't leave him. The only one he gave his mama to. So apparently Jesus was okay to say there are levels of relationship you need to be aware of. Jesus guarded 
his relationships. Why? Because they stimulated things. They did things. He was on guard. You know the reason why he consistently took the three in when he left the other ones out? Though, well, they became leaders because of this, but they believed more. You remember it was Jairus' little daughter? She had died, and Jesus kicks everybody out but Peter, James, and John because he needed people that would believe with him. He needed people that, that were they perfect? Everybody should shake their head. No. I mean, I personally think it's like this. Listen, I love, I think there was a lot that went on between Peter, James, and John, even though it was imperfect. Like Jesus, we'll just call down fire, burn all these people. Right? And, and Jesus was like, man, love certain aspects of that, but that's the wrong spirit right there. But there's some connection there that I love. There's some response. Guys, listen to me. Be, we don't have time to go too far. I think I'm taking too much time already. But guard your relationships. Guard those who you let real close into you. And, and then here I'll just, and make sure that you're going together with them in the same direction. Because again, would you say Peter, James, and John, were they on the same level as Jesus? No. <laughs> no, Jesus, had, Jesus was a little bit more advanced in things between them. So we're not talking about you have to be on the same level, but they wanted to go to the same destination. They wanted to get there together. Come on, the reason why I say that's important is, is some of these people, God's going to give you because you need to take them where you're going. And you're ahead of them a bit. And it's okay to be ahead of them. Come on, y'all pulling a lot of stuff. This is why, this is why what Dr. Nick said last time, we're doing this not because it's going to make your life better. We're aligning our soul, not just so that I can prosper more, that I can be healthier, that I can be health, whatever. We're aligning our soul because God's going to give me people that he wants me to take on this journey. He's going he's to put people in my life that will be my Peter, James, and John, and he's going to say, take them. Raise them up. Take them to where you, you are, where you've been, and where you're going. Does this make sense? Yeah. Okay, anyway, this is all, anyway, so anyway, so give your attention to reading, exhortation, again, to doctrine, to teaching. Content is king, right? Guard the content of your heart. Because, as we said before, if you're listening to CNN, what'd you call it? Constantly negative news, <laughs> right? If you're, if you're taking in content from the world, right? If you're taking in old family ways that hasn't served any of your family for generations, realize that some of our constantly negative news, again, it's around the Thanksgiving table. Right? It's, it's around... 
So guard the content of your heart. And then one of the ones that gets missed, and then what are the words that God has already spoken? What are the words that you can go back on in your life? And I love Dr. Nick talks about lists, and he, he taught me this. And y'all the one, I have my I am statements that Dr. Nick taught me how to write. I read those to you a few weeks ago. I have my gratitude list that Dr. Nick taught me to write. Right? This is one I want to teach you that I learned from this verse. Do you have a list of the things God has said to you prophetically? Have you recorded the word of the Lord that he has spoken over you? I have a list here on my phone that I go to regularly that for 20-something years, God has been saying things to Brad and Selena. God has been saying things to us through men and women of God, through prophetic words, and I go back and I read over them. And I meditate on them. I imagine them. Right? Again, it's interesting. If y'all are like me, God's had to say repeated things to me. <laughs> Lord, why are you saying that again? Well, apparently, Brad, <laughs> you need to hear it one more time. Because you don't think and believe I'm going to make you as big as I've been telling you I've been going to make you for 25 years. And I have to go back and meditate. Why? Because I'm... Uh, I'm guarding my heart because God has communicated things to me. God has said things to me. God has put things. And, and Paul says in this one thing, he says, when you give attention to these things, and he says this, and you meditate on these things, he says, then your progress will be seen by all men. Right? See, these give us the pathway of where we're going to get to, this is where, this is the, help me, how do I say this, Father, well, these are the crayons that you get to color your imagination with. Right, this is your little, remember that when you went to, how many of y'all like me? I know this is bad, this is terrible, this is just horrible that they would even teach little people this, but you were like me, you judged that first day of school, and you judge when the, if a kid came in and he had the big box of crayons with the sharpener in the back, yeah, right? And you're like, he's rich, man. <laughs> and then you got the other poor little kid that mama got him like the eight pack, you know, just the primary colors, that's what he got. And there he's trying to hide his little eight pack over here because he's ashamed of, of he's got eight colors and other dudes got, what was that, like 96 or whatever? It was crazy, right? How stupid we do stuff. Anyway, but. Hey, listen, but God has given you a big pack of crayons. You get to build. He, he, through these things, he's going to amplify your color palette. He's going to give you more tones and shades to draw with, to imagine with, to color with. So guard these things. Right? Man, how am I doing? Oh, wow. Got to hustle. So remember, so we guard what stimulates us. We guard what we give our attention to. Right? It says in Proverbs, just a few verses up in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Son, give attention to my words. Right? All throughout the Bible, God says things like this. 
put the word before you night and day. Let it be the core of your attention. Why? Because we, as we said last Sunday, what I give my attention to, I give my intention to. Attention always fuels intention. Attention focuses me and shows me what to do. Right? When we look at things like intention, that's James chapter 1, verse 25, when James says, those that look continually into the perfect law of liberty to do it. Right? And in that one verse, James says, when I give my attention to the word, the do will present itself. Listen. Some of us have been asking God, what do I do? But I haven't given the word enough attention for it to tell me. I'm trying to short circuit the process. I want it microwaved, quick and easy. Lord, you just tell me and I'll do it. Mm-mm, I won't. <laughs> I, I just, y'all, I'm just, I just assume y'all are just like me. Can I do that? Amen. I'm just going to assume y'all are just like me, and I know Brad well enough to know that if you gave me just the quick and easy, but I also know me in that when I've given myself attention, and I've focused, and I've looked, and I've had a hungry heart, right? Attention is fueled by hunger. Does that make sense? That's why it says if you desire the word as a newborn baby, that then the word will grow you. We miss the point of, yes, the word has life in and of itself, but it's the desire of the baby for it that causes growth as well. Does that make sense? Right, we're... Again, we, we've seen stuff and different stuff in my own life. You know, people suffer from certain illnesses and they lose the desire to eat. Uh, again, I'll just be transparent in my church. That's my mom right now. She's been battling dementia and it's apparently come up. She's just not eating anymore. And my mother-in-law says that's kind of normal. That's the disease. Do you see that, right? It's the whole, but that lack of desire to eat. See, attention is fueled by hunger. Listen, many times we don't get the answers we want because I don't really want the answers. <laughs> now, I'm, just, I'm just real happy where I'm at. I'm real comfortable. Life is good. Things going great. I'm just not hungry anymore. And if I'm not hungry, then there'll be nothing to fuel my attention. Right? And listen to me. Man, this is all right. Am I doing okay? Everybody look at it. Everybody smile. Look at it real big. Y'all all, is everybody following? Okay, good. Just making sure. Talk to me every now and then. Everybody, hey, amen, amen, oh me, something like that. Hey, but listen, one of the great things, you know, you'll, and this is, I've never said this before, so I hope somebody writes it down. So, we lose hunger the more we focus on ourselves. The best fuel for hunger is others. Yeah. 
right? I've noticed that in my own life. The best fuel is, is how do, how do I grow for the benefit God has given me to serve others? God has given me people to serve. So how do I grow for their benefit? Others can show us where our shortcomings are, but it, I would want to twist that a little bit or flip that a little bit for you, my sweet girl. Others are the reason why God made you. And it's a whole not- Remember, in, in what we call the kingdom of God, we began the journey having won the greatest thing, which is him. Right, Paul said, I've gained it all. Have I ever told you all that little, little analogy I've done before like this? When we were in Mexico a number of years ago and the Lord gave me this analogy. How many of you like me, you like tacos? Who's my taco people? I love tacos. I love tacos. <laughs> nothing, like good, nothing like good tacos, right? Amen. Not from Taco Bell. I'm talking about real good tacos are amazing. So just play with me. Maybe it's not tacos for you. Maybe it's something else. But you got it. I'm going to use tacos as the analogy. So how many of you would go to a taco place and you would look at them and you go, you know what? All I want is the salsa. I don't want the taco. You can leave that in the back. Just bring me the salsas. That's all I want. Now, are the salsas good? Now, you go to a good taco place, and they got like, it's not just one. They got red ones and green ones and orange ones, and they got some made with peanuts. And they, it's good. The salsas, I'm not, I'm not down in the salsas. The, 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 but, but if it was just salsa, there I am with my little cup and a spoon eating my little salsa, right? Is that going to be satisfying? Why? Where's the taco? Remember, Jesus is the taco. The salsa is just a great marriage, a great career, a calling, a ministry. These are all wonderful salsas that we get to put on, but aren't you glad that God started you winning it all? Having gained Christ, I have gained it all, Paul said. Having gained him, I have won the ultimate victory of life. Now with him, I get to dress it up. Now I get to add things like a good marriage, a good career. Does this make sense? Right, why? Because... The fuel for hunger for attention is other people. It's glorifying him. Because I've gained him. I'm not trying to grow for me alone. I want to glorify him fully and serve you completely. Anyway. So anyway, from there, intention leads us to repetition. This is, again, the meditative part. This is staying in the process. You see this. As, as I guard my stimulation, it guides, it fuels hunger and guides my attention. 
My intention, lead, my attention leads me to intention, guides my actions, and I rinse and repeat. And I, and this takes strength of soul. We're going to keep going. And then finally, there's activation. And activation on this part is ultimately then what does that look? What is the do? What is the thing I'm going to do? Do you, do you see this? Right. So once we get to this part, anybody, anybody need any last second or thirty? Here we go. Gotta go fast. All right. Then that leads us to the actual creative process. All of those things: stimulation, attention, intention, repetition, activation. That's all part of that internal soul work. That's the eighty percent. Right that keeps going in that process. That's the daily. That's the fuel of my relationship with him. And what those things do, those five things lead us to this. It begins the creative process, which always starts with imagination. And all imagination is, is and I love what Dr. Nick brought out last night, listen to me, is the ability to see something that is true and real in the spirit realm, in the kingdom realm, it's just not physically present right now. Amen. Imagination isn't fantasy. Imagination is fueled by all that we just covered, but it begins again with those things. It begins to color the picture of what the what's in heaven for me for now. You have to, again, that's the real essence of faith. I'm not believing God for something that does not exist. I'm believing God for something that exists in the spiritual. I just don't see it today. But it's just as real. Again, that's why we use constantly the analogy of, of a lady expecting a baby. I don't see it, I can't hold it, I can't touch it, I can't feel it, but it's real, it's there. It's just not been born or birthed or delivered yet. Does this make sense? So, so imagination is that part. So now, so we might say it like this. Oh, I got to shift it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's do it over here. So the thing is, is here's imagination. Hello, ladybug. Imagination is my ability to see it. But imagination, all these points of this is the first step in the creative process. I have to be able to see it. Right? And we can go in all kinds of, again, for times that you, you look at that, as we said, Tower of Babel, negative application. There was a group of people. They saw, as a collective group, they saw a tower reaching up into heaven. They saw that they made themselves a great place. They saw that they had done this on their own without God. They saw their own self. That fueled their imagination. They had a one language that unified that imagination, and they had a singularity of heart to bring that imagination to pass. And God said, ain't nothing going to stop them. Ain't nothing going to Listen to me. Let's take that a little bit. God said, if you can imagine it, you can have it. 
if you can see it, you can create it. Now, on the with him. You see, Old Testament group of people didn't have the Holy Spirit, weren't united to God, and were doing something contrary to God. And God said, they saw it, they imagined it, they're united about it, they're going to make that sucker happen. Enough that God had to step in and give different languages to break up that flow of creativity. Well, what can we do, New Testament, with the Holy Spirit, united with God, with all the things we just talked about, and God's like going, I'm just trying to get you to see it. (laughs) Will you please see it? Guys, listen to me. It's why, if y'all haven't noticed already or not, it's why the first, and I'm going to call them this, the first terrorist, right? I was thinking about calling them enemies, but sometimes enemies are very visible, right? Enemies, you know, they wear the uniform of another country. They, They got, you know them, that's my enemy problem with a terrorist they look just like you you don't know it's an enemy the biggest the the enemies to this process they're not really enemies they're terrorists that's why some of the first terrorists to show up is the terrorist that's trying to get you to not see it oh don't go don't think that way we say it like this oh don't get your hopes up And all we're saying is, is, hey, don't let your imagination go there. Don't let your thoughts go that big. Don't want to be, hey, we say things like this, hey, don't be disappointed. Or we might say, hey, don't get bigger than your britches. Don't be prideful. Come on. And all these, the first terrorist that shows up is always false identity. A false identity that begins to try to talk you out of the bigness of the image that God's trying to paint on the inside of you. Yes. Well, okay, here, I, I want to address something. I'm glad you brought this up because this keeps coming up more and more as we go. Listen to me. About 20%, and that's me being generous. Okay, I'm trying to be generous to the negative. See, I'm, I'm a nice guy, right? About 20% of our problems come from things on the outside of us. 80% of our problems come from the stuff that's on the inside of us. And I'm not sure why we're always determined to go to the 20% of things that I don't have any control over and say, now I'm going to let you have all control. Because it's, <laughs> it's scary to change. I'll give it to you. Does that make sense? But listen to me. That's part of this is that false. And so listen to me, kid. For my kid, is this. If I call my kid's kid, that they'll just say, hey, kid, let's pay attention. Right? So to my kids, hey, kid, pay attention. Right? But is, um, is this, when you look at stuff, 
is, yes, you can't control whether or not that person is a good friend to you, but you can control you being a good friend. I can control me being a good husband. Can't control her, right? Can't make her be a good wife, but I can go, I will be a good husband, right? I, I can't make you that belong to me. I can't make y'all be good kids, but I want to be a good dad. Does that make sense? Again, I'll pick on Tim. He's here. Can't control Tim being a good boss, right? But I, but I can be a good employee. I can be one. Huh? But you are. You are. That's right. And I love it. But you are. And I love it. You're a great boss. I mean, you're a great kid. She's a great wife. But I'm just saying, but listen to me, guys. But we do that. It's one of the first enemies that shows up wants to take us to the things that are outside of our control and get all of my attention on, well, how am I going to fix the thing I can't control? I'm not going to look at the 80% of the stuff I can't control. I'm just going to go to the stuff that I think is outside of my control. If you can look at it and go, you know, I can't control my friend. I can't control my this. I can't, I can't control that. I can't control that parent. I can't control that who are, yeah, you're right, you can't, but I can't control me. So Lord, change me. Lord, work on me. Does this make sense? Yes. But anyway, so you have to see it. Imagination is the first part of the creative process. Then from imagination always will flow an idea. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, wait. Okay. So let's talk about. Okay. So, 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 real quick, bring this back up again during Q and A because this is important, and I'll hit it real quick here, but we'll bring it back around because it deserves time. Because here's the real thing: the parts of life truly that we cannot control is other people. Right? Maybe the weather. Let's throw in the weather. I can't control. I mean, but, but Jesus, I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, so again, so if we really look, let's just go hard tax, right? I can't control other people because they have a free will. Now, some people that I can't control, I can't get rid of, right? Because I was born into them, right? I can't, you know, I can't shake my brother off over here necessarily because he's my brother. Right now, I got a great brother in case he's watching. But I mean, so is, you know, <laughs> he is amazing, right? So, but you see, well, there's some folks I can't get rid of. That's again, it's a very little pool of people, especially in our day and age when birth rates are so daggum low. Maybe back in the day when we were all having 14, 15 kids, I had more to complain about, but now we only got, you know, maybe three or four. That's a little bitty number of people that I can't get rid of. Almost everybody else in my life, 
I have voluntarily brought in. And the hard part is sometimes look at them, and especially for my loyal soul. Who's my loyal souls? Who's my golden retrievers here? I've got my golden retriever personality folks here. I love y'all golden retrievers. We need you. Man, you are faithful, and you are there when you should be biting people. <laughs> when there's some people, you need to look at that friend and go, you're fired. <laughs> That's what goes back to our earlier guard our, our stimulation, right? Some people we need to get rid of. And that's not an act of unlove. But some people, again, because there's interesting verses that say things like this. Paul, New Testament. Remember, he said, bad company corrupts good character. That wasn't it possibly corrupts good character. It sometimes corrupts good character. It every now and then corrupts. Paul, God said, remember, you hang out with bad company, it will corrupt your character, period. End of, it's just, that's the way it works. That's why, again, parents, listen to me, parents, one of the greatest things we can do is help our children with their friends. Amen. Truly. More children are lost over bad friendships. And, everybody say and, remember there's two, so, and be daggum honest with yourself and go, and one of those is my kid. Crap. <laughs> one of my, come on now. We, no. <laughs> you know, but you have sometimes that, as a parent, you have to look and go, what if my kid's the bad kid? Because, again, I, you have to be, it's the both sides, right? Y'all have heard me say this for years, right? Uh, I don't assume that all of my children are saved. Not until they show the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Then I'll know they're saved. Until then, I love them, preach the gospel to them, help them, right? I mean, all, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I'm taking too much time on that. I mean, I look at some of my, all of my children know that I will do two things, right? And y'all can all shake your heads. If I need to ax off a friendship, I, I will move us. Like they all know that, right? If there was somebody came in and they got real involved in their life and it was bad for their soul and I couldn't help them change, shift, shake, and it came right down to it, we would move. Because I've looked at all of them and said, because your soul is way too important to me than my home, my house, my church, where I'm at, what I'm doing. If I need to move us to the middle of Alaska and we build a cabin because it will separate you from that person, pack your bags, uh, Laura Ingalls. We, we going. <laughs> we play a little house on the prairie. And I also have looked at them and said, and if it's you're the problem, I'll keep you at home. And you'll get to be my friend for a while. <laughs> and I won't let you go out with nobody. Yeah. Why? Because nobody wants to hang out with you because you're corrupting all their little kids. <laughs> and as a parent, you have to be willing to stand on both sides of that coin and honestly go, that's what it is. Because some people in life need to be edited. 
some people in life, you have to look at it and go, I just, just not right now, maybe. True. So what would have worked out for the first five years of your friendship, all of a sudden, Didn't. because everybody has goodwill and they're fixing and changing and making progressive, you have to know this is always an under a relationship. Does that, yeah. <laughs> but again, so you remember, so, but I can be a good friend. Yes. I want to always end on that. Yes. We may be able to identify, but I can be a good friend. I can be friendly. Right? I can build my character where I'm a good influence. And, and guys, I'd like us to shift a little bit to that kind of stuff instead of always going, well, what about them? And say first, well, what about me? Can I be nice? Right? Does that make sense? Okay. Real quick. Is that all right? So idea. So imagination always going to leave you an idea. Yeah. What an idea does is an idea, right? Imagination is you see it. An idea is you, is you begin to think it. You, you begin to put some things in place and think it. Do you see this? Yeah. And then from there, but the terrorist of the idea is always going to be, hey, just go small. <laughs> just keep it small. Right? Because remember, if, 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 if our enemy can't stop us from seeing it, he'll try to limit us in its capacity. He'll try to shove it into the smallest container that we'll let it be in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, again, real quick, the story on that, right? Uh, Elisha, Elijah, I don't remember which prophet it was. Remember, there was the, the widow lady. She had the two sons. Husband died, yeah. right? They were in some kind of massive debt. They are about to take the boys off and sell them into slavery and cancel the debt. She goes to the man of God and says, help. So there's an imagination that comes. He sees something. He gives her an idea. Hey, why don't you... Look at what you got in your hand. Oh, I got a little bit of oil. Awesome. Why don't you go to all your neighbors, get every jar, glass, vessel in the world you can get and borrow them, right? And then I love this part of the story. And then go home and, let, and close the door and shut all the windows and let nobody see what you're doing. Listen, because sometimes you don't need to share your idea yet. Because you'll share your idea and the neighbors will go, well, I've never seen that work before. Amen. That's stupid. Why would anybody do that? That's crazy. Hey, listen, I'm learning, guys. If my idea is marching against the greater flow of culture, it's probably a great idea. <laughs> so, close it, but they, they start pouring oil in jars. What limited the idea? The moment they ran out of jars, the miracle stopped. If they'd have had another dozen jars, God had filled them too. You know, I've talked to successful business people and to a soul. You know what I've heard all of them say? I wish I would have built it a little bit bigger. 
talked to the dude down here in Gardendale that runs the storage place. And he goes, Brad, he goes, to build this place, I hawked everything and got in, and I just wish I'd have done more. Our good friend that runs a local restaurant that we all know and love, same thing. Man, I wish I would have made it a little bit bigger. I've never heard somebody ever go, you know, I wish I'd have made this smaller. <laughs> Again, worked in the construction, as y'all know, for 10 years. Have never had anybody come up to me, you know, Brad, I just spent way too much. Every one of them come up and go, you mean it would have only been another $1,000 if I could have? You mean if, if I'd have only done another 2000 it would have been, well, man, I wish I'd have. The biggest regret in life has never been going small. The biggest regret in life has always been I didn't go big enough. I didn't let myself process and think because the terrorist of your idea is keep it small. Right? Finally, then implementation. Implement. Sorry for my writing. I'm in a hurry. Thank you, Dwayne. <laughs> you get that from me, and I'm sorry. Uh, and so, <laughs> so <laughs> the next one is implementation, right? So you see it. So from imagination comes an idea. From an idea comes implementation. Implementation is we saw it, we thought it, we began to plan it. Right? We began to put flesh on it. We began to, in this whole process, think, okay, how am I going to do this? What's this? What's step one? What's step two? What's step three? How are we going to implement this thing? How are we going to launch it? The terrorist to implementation is always this. I can't do that. Because we say things like this. I don't know how. I don't have the skills. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't have the whatever, right? So what we do here, does that make sense? This is in this stage, this is, now guys, listen, the next two, this is where the, the rubber really meets the road. All of these again up here, these are all internal. The moment we move down to here, it goes external. The willingness to learn the skill. The willingness to get the education. The willingness to go get the second job so you can begin the capital savings to start the idea. The willingness to do something. Does that make sense? The willingness to put a plan in place, right, and get whatever. Instead of saying, I can't, you begin to ask yourself, well, what can I do? What can I do to begin to put this into action? What is needed? And look around and make it. And, and then finally, that leads you to this. Back to a word we used before called intention. Right? And intention is simply, you know, again, so we saw it, we thought it, we planned it. Now we're going to do it. Right? Now we're actually going to do this whole process. And guys, and, and we'll get there in church if you want to come back. And it's at this stage where we move into the next level of soul alignment and it's the one we call will. Right? All up until now, we've been talking about our thinking. 
Now when we come down to here, we shift to another aspect of our soul, and it's the will to do it. Remember, Paul said, he said, God gives you both the will and the do or the ability to accomplish his good pleasure or his plan for your life. It's interesting that God says he doesn't just give you the power to do it. It's interesting that he says, I have to make sure you've got the will to do it. And what do I mean by the will to do it is I won't stop. Right? Because what, what the, ter- the terrorist of this one is the word you've heard me say before, and I don't have time, and we're going to talk about this in greater detail in church. It's the word resistance. When you walk through this process, guys, I'm so sorry, and I'm going to have to tell you this. I'm, I, re- I wish I begged God that I could find another way, but you are going to run into resistance. Some of that resistance is going to be external, obvious resistance. It's going to be the resistance of the pushback from whatever in the natural. Again, things you can't control, things that are going to try to stop you, that you're just going to have to go, I'm overcome. Does that make sense? People have, can I, again, now I'm going to shift a little bit and, you know, I get real transparent because I'm just trying to talk in a way that you'll understand. People have looked at me and talked about this place and said, when will you quit? Do you think you started too soon? Do you think you're out of God's timing? And there's times I I don't know. What I know is I'm not stopping. I know what God's called me to do. I know where God's put me. I know who God's given me. Right? We've had people look and they've said, well, Brad, I just don't want us to lose our little church. And I said, we ain't going to lose nothing. Worst case scenario, we're going back to my house. But I won't stop. I'm so grateful for the man who trained me, and he would say it, and I can hear his Texas voice in my head. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. And if that is my will, that I know I can't be defeated, and I won't give up, then I will win every time. I will get there. But it's resistant. So there's... Because listen to me, I'm learning, last one, but there's resistance that's sneaky. There is some sneaky resistance. And it hides behind words like, I'm uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Don't feel safe. Sneaky resistance. And again, can I, just, I want to challenge y'all. Find me one verse in the New Testament where God promises you safety. It ain't there. I love a local hero of ours here born in Alabama, Helen Keller. Remember Helen Keller's story? What was Helen Keller's challenges? Remember, she was blind and she was deaf. And Helen Keller, my favorite quote of Helen Keller, she said this. She says, safety is a myth. She says, the creatures of nature do not know it. And most of the sons of men do not know it. 
So a blind, deaf lady from Alabama said this, life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm like going, and I can see and I can hear. <laughs> I got all my uses and all my faculties. What am I whining about? I mean, does that make sense? Uh, again, I encourage you to go, I don't know why I'm on this, go YouTube his name. His name is Clint Dyer. Clint D-Y-E-R, or D-I-Y-A, Clint Dyer. He's from Gunnersville, Alabama. Man was born with no legs, missing his, which way did, missing his left arm, and his right arm is only three quarters long. It ends just past his elbow. And he goes, and I want to be a professional bass fisherman. And you look at his story, and he'll tell you. He's a believer. And that's his, that was his dream. He wanted to play pro bass, do pro bass. But the challenge with pro bass fishing, nobody can tie the lure on for you. Nobody can take the fish off for you. You've you got to do it all yourself if you want to qualify. So the man taught himself how to tie on lures with his mouth only. How to cast and reel a rod with his three quarters of an arm. Does that make sense? He's fishing in Alabama. Everybody say Alabama. It's hot. He ain't got a whole lot of his body, so he overheats. It's one of the problems. So his boat mate, you know what they do? When he gets too hot, they yeet him into the lake. And little three-quarter arm dude swims around a little bit, cools off. They pick him up by his third, fourth of an arm, put him back in the boat, and he goes back to fishing. Why? Because he wasn't going to let resistance keep him from doing what he saw, what he thought about, what he planned to do and figure it out and the skills he learned to do it because he had an intention, intention that he will play the pro-bass circuit. Because there's, there's sneaky resistance in there that we have to be aware of. I'm going to encourage us because it encourages, I'm learning. When I get uncomfortable in my soul and I can look around and I can realize, okay, it ain't nobody else. It's just me that's feeling weird. Because I look around in my life and my wife is cheering me on. My kids are cheering me on. My boss is cheering me on. All you wonderful people are cheering me on. And I'm the only one freaking out. <laughs> it's time to keep going. Because it's that whole idea of just, is said, because this is trying to keep you from pushing through. It's the last terror. Resistance is the last terrorist. It's resistance that's wearing the suicide vest. Because when it gets to here, it's nothing else blew it up. I did. Because I came to a place where I quit. And I backed up and I backed away from all that. Now, again, y'all please hear me. All of this is all fueled on because God's talking to me. Yeah. I'm not doing any of this process absence of, of him. Amen. Right? 
That's how, how do we answer the question is, as Kurt did a great job of posing last night, how, how do I answer this question of, well, what if it was just, listen, if I'm doing this with God, amen, it's not just you. You're co-creating with him. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Life of Faith North podcast. If you would like to partner with us by giving, please visit our Cash App page. This can be found at cash.app forward slash dollar sign LOF North. We hope this message was encouraging to you today. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.